Friends, it's a joy to be able to open God's Word with you uh, today. Uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 1. And the image I want to start with is one that I got from Tim Keller a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's simply the idea of an evergreen tree uh, being one that is always green where other, th- other trees uh, might uh, shrivel up and die in different seasons. Uh, but an evergreen tree is one that uh, is always green, always has life, no matter the season, no matter the situation. And people have talked about COVID-19 as as a kind of winter. We're actually not far from heading into a literal winter, uh, but uh, there's an economic winter happening, a social winter, or there might be some other kind of winter that you're going through. And yet Psalm 1 talks about being like a tree planted by streams of water, bearing its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. And the question I want to ask is, is how? How do you become like that tree? Uh, And the first thing I think we see in the psalm uh, is that it happens slowly. Uh, In verse 2, it says, On God's law, this person meditates day and night. You can see that it's methodical and slow. Uh, If you think of the difference uh, between bricks and trees, uh, it illustrates the point. Uh, bricks can uh, be manufactured uh, en masse and quickly. Uh, get the right inputs and you can get uh, the output you want. Uh, think of the hospital in China that was built in 10 days. Well, uh, that's not how spiritual growth works. It's more like a tree uh, where it happens very slowly. Uh, and, and that's how spiritual growth happens. It happens slowly. It's not self-help. Uh, Ten quick steps. Uh, No, on his law he meditates day and night. And even with a tree, if you get the inputs right, uh, you're still dependent on uh, other powers outside of your own uh, to see the growth happen. Uh, So firstly, uh, this uh, growth, this kind of life happens slowly. Uh, But it also happens painfully. Uh, If you think of the image of pruning, uh, Jesus Uh, talks about God uh, as a gardener and us uh, as a vine. He says, God cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Uh, We can be uh, so dependent on uh, seasons and circumstances. uh, That's where we draw our life from. Uh, But the call for a Christian is to draw our life only uh, from God. Yes, through his gifts, but him him as the source. And so when God removes those those good gifts, um, we learn uh, to draw life directly from him uh, in a kind of direct way uh, rather than just through his gifts. And that's what part of the pruning uh, is that happens. Uh, There's a story told of a farmer who owned an orchard uh, that was in a valley that was uh, full of other orchards. Uh, And one season came where there was a really severe drought, one of the most severe that they'd ever seen. Uh, And the surrounding farmers started to realise that while their plants were kind of brown and dying, uh, this one particular farmer's plants were, were verdant and green and full of life. And so they got together and they asked him, what's your secret? And he said to them, my trees can go for another four weeks without water because 
When they were young, I withheld water from them so that their roots drilled down deeper to a deeper source. So while other trees are dying, mine are drinking from a much deeper source. Uh, And we become like uh, this tree uh, through that painful process of God removing props that we're relying on other than him so that we can drill our roots down more deeply uh, into God as the source of our life. And so I want you to think of afflictions in your life as an invitation for you to dig down deeper into God as your source of life. And the key input uh, that we see in this psalm uh, is the one of meditating on God's law day and night. Uh, This is not like a version of meditation today where you try to empty your mind of all thoughts. Uh, That uh, has its place without a doubt. Uh, But it's certainly not what the psalmist is talking about here. No, the psalmist's mind is filled with the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night. Now, I want to be clear here uh, that when Hebrews read this phrase, the law of the Lord, uh, they're not just thinking strictly of the Ten Commandments and other commandments in Leviticus. No, the law of the Lord is, in a sense, the whole Bible, even the narrative bits, because all of it gives us instruction uh, about who God is. And this is the law on which this psalmist meditates day and night. And so I commend that practice to you of memorizing and meditating on the scriptures. The growth happens slowly. It happens painfully. But it happens delightfully. And this is so important. It says on his his delight or her delight is in the law of the Lord, it says in verse 2. You've already figured out that duty is nowhere near enough to uh, motivate you uh, to get into God's word. Uh, It'll lead to one of two places, pride and giving yourself a pat on the back because of how awesome you are at doing it, or despair at how terrible you are at doing it. And I think in both cases... Uh, it leads to burnout. But that's not what sustains and motivates the psalmist. No, he's motivated by delight. Uh, Other words for delight might be um, being enchanted or bewitched or thrilled. My personal favorites are being captivated or enthralled. Uh, Can you remember a time where you were captivated or enthralled by something or someone beautiful? could be a piece of art or a piece of music, where you're literally a captive of that thing because it's so beautiful. Uh, Well, that's the way it was with the psalm as he looked into God's word. You kind of go, really? How on earth does that happen? How on earth can this great big book called the Bible uh, be something delightful and captivating? especially when you read uh, the Ten Commandments and other commandments in the Old Testament, and even more so when you read Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount saying things like, you've heard that it was said, do not murder, but I say to you that if you harbor anger in your heart against someone, you have already committed murder. Or he says, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you, if you lust after someone in your heart, that you have already committed adultery. How can this law of the Lord that condemns us possibly be our delight? 
Well, the reality is that Jesus is the only one who lives up to the picture that we see in Psalm 1. He's the only one whose law, uh, whose delight was in the law of the Lord. Uh, if you were to cut him, he would have his blood would have been bibline, always quoting scripture, uh, saturated in the law of the Lord. And he's the only one who kept it perfectly. In fact, he's the only one who is like this tree, uh, whose leaf does not wither and always bearing the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Uh, and he did this with people who were despised, people who were difficult to love. He was always like that tree, bearing fruit. Uh, he is the image of Psalm 1. And yet, get this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus was like that fruitful, beautiful, green, verdant tree. And yet cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Do you see? He took the curse for us on the cross so that there's no bitterness and no curse left for, for us for breaking God's law and for our delight being in other things. And he did that so that we could be like that tree and so that we could not receive the curses but we could receive the full blessings of the law-keeping that Jesus did on our behalf. You know, on the cross, Jesus said, I thirst. And remember this image of, of water being uh, one that, uh, especially in dry, barren, arid Israel, uh, was one of uh, an image of, of life and ultimately an image of God's spirit. And so when Jesus says, I thirst, I don't think he's just talking about literal water. He's talking about bearing the weight of God's fiery wrath and punishment for sin in himself and shriveling up under the heat of that on the cross, bearing the curse for our sins on a tree, shriveled up and dying, thirsting for the spirit in our place so that we could have streams of living water flowing through us. Friends, this is the beautiful image that is to captivate us. I like the hymn says, To see the law by Christ fulfilled, and hear his pardoning voice, changes a slave into a son, and duty into choice. As we are captivated by the beauty of the one who was cursed on the tree, so that we, by sheer grace and gift, could be the tree planted by streams of water, always bearing fruit and whose leaf does not wither. And that's who we are. That's who we are becoming. And that's who we one day ultimately will be because of the one who was cursed in our place on the tree. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.